I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The first of a 21-book series set on the high seas. If you're looking to escape the drudgery and despair of Election Day in the USA, I think we have it for you today on Book of the Day. Welcome back to Book of the Day here on CPL Radio. We are joined. It's so nice to have him here. I uh, he, Absolutely broke all sorts of laws to get here on time today. I heard some stories. Uh, we have Steve Donahue, book critic at large. Welcome, Steve. Glad you could make Hello, it. everybody. Ahoy, shipmates. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, very exciting to uh, tear this one open. Uh, it, this series has its fans, has a built-in fan base, and um, we we have them all, all 21 here on our shelves. So uh, That's wonderful. Get us this going here. we're talking about today. Master and Commander by Patrick O'Brien, the very first in his Aubrey and Maturin series. No, no Russell Crowe to be seen on that cover. <laughs> no, this is the the old uh, the old standard American paperbacks with the the numbering on the side there. The same Very nice cover artist all over them, and unlike so many other, this this is Napoleonic era seafaring adventure. So you have a British crew up against whatever they encounter: the marauding Turk, the the, the duplicitous Spaniards, of course. <laughs> the forces of napoleon bonaparte but unlike so many other of these series uh o'brien starts his at the beginning of the story very nice around the the the, uh template here that most people of a certain age most readers of a certain age are going to know is the hornblower novels of of forrester Mm -hmm. and forrester does jump around he doesn't he doesn't start with you know forrester's first day at sea Right. Patrick O'Brien assumes that you don't want to know about Jack Aubrey's first day at sea. And- <laughs> he, he, he assumes that you want to know about Jack Aubrey once Jack Aubrey is a captain. And in the first chapter of Master and Commander, he goes from being a lieutenant to being a captain in the Royal Navy. He gets a letter ordering him to take command of an old brig called the Sophie. And it overjoys him. How, how revolutionary to start a story at the beginning. 
<laughs> do we yeah, even this, do that anymore? The story, not only at the beginning of Jack Aubrey's career as a captain, but also at the very beginning of his friendship with his friend, the Irish Catalan doctor slash intelligent agent, Stephen Matron. They meet at a concert at the very first chapter of this book. It's their first time they've ever met. So you you are in on the ground floor when it comes to both of those stories. And that's good because unlike a great many other books like this, including Forrester, um, Patrick O'Brien writes this entirely in the lingo, the language, and the technical terminology of the time. And he doesn't bring you up to speed no, at all. No. <laughs> um, well, we have to bring up the elephant in the room a little bit, and it's a big one, in that um, for those who grouse about the lingo and, uh, you know, no you know, kind of glossary or guidebook, um, I would present to them and say, well, you had no problem with Star Trek. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the parallels are, are many. Really. And the payoff is much greater. Because when you gain a familiarity with deuterium recycling and faster than light drive in Star Trek, you have a familiarity with something that never, in fact, existed. (laughs) You have confirmed your position as a nerd. (laughs) Whereas this is entirely historically accurate. O'Brien saturated himself in the period. And I want to stress, I've known a lot of people who've taken this first book on my recommendation, Mm -hmm. and quite a few of them have ended up baffled and stopped. Because it can be off-putting. O'Brien is not explaining anything. He does a gesture in that direction because Stephen Matron is a thoroughgoing landlubber. He doesn't understand anything about the Royal Navy. And not only that, but in a joke that runs throughout all of the books, he never actually comes to understand anything. He thinks he does, but he gets all of it wrong. So his seafaring companions, Jack Aubrey and Stephen Matron, become friends. Aubrey takes Matron on board his ship as a surgeon and a naturalist. And all of all of Matron's friends have to continually explain things to him, but it's not enough. For the modern reader, mm-hmm. it's not enough. The point I want to make is you get used to it. Yes. You come to understand it. No, 20, 21 books later, I'm assuming by book three or four, oh, you're, you're in. You're... Even the middle of this book. Yeah. You will, be, you, it, it's, you will get used to it. You will understand more or less what's being said. It won't off-put you anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. O'Brien knows what he's doing. He's not just showing off. He he You're doesn't. In good just, hands. You're in good hands. He yeah. introduces a newcomer to the Royal Navy in Stephen Matron, and an, a less talented author would think that that's all he needs to do. But O'Brien introduces Matron to the Royal Navy and immediately has a gigantic set piece action sequence that mm. will hook you no matter what, no matter what. <laughs> So Mr. Matcher is kind of our eyes and ears. He's our window in because we are as perplexed and flummoxed as he is. So maybe that's a good way, a hint. O'Brien plays around with that. Stephen Matron doesn't understand much about the Royal Navy and its ways and its terminology, but he himself is a far less knowable character than Jack Aubrey. Mm. So even though he is our eyes and ears, it's not going to take long, probably no more than this first book. Before Jack seems the infinitely more understandable character than Matron, who's forever thinking to himself in Latin and Greek. (laughs) He's not a very nice person. He's, for most of the series, badly addicted to drugs. He's also an intelligent operative who keeps a lot of secrets to himself, even from his best friend. Jack Aubrey is nothing like that. 
So yes, he's our eyes and ears, but he's not a character that curiously enough, you're going to stick with. Not one to emulate either. It sounds like (laughs) not really, except for his steadfast friendship, Mm -hmm. his steadfast loyalty to his friends. And also a little habit of his that I have adopted here at Hyde cottage of, uh, toasting to the confusion of Bonaparte. <laughs> but I want I want to read an example of what Please. I'm talking about. Would that, would that be all right? This That'd be wonderful. Going on board the Sophie for the first time. All right. Her captain. And I want to demonstrate here, not only the loveliness of the prose, but also that quality I'm talking about, that where he, O'Brien is not offering you any explanations. In exactly this circumstance, dealing with Horatio Hornblower, Forrester would be helping you. All right, I popped. I popped a dra- I popped a Dramamine. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Jack had whited too many sepulchers to be easily deceived. He was pleased with what he saw. He saw and appreciated all he was meant to see. He was blind to the things he was not meant to see: the piece of ham that an officious folkso cat had dragged behind a bucket, the girls the master's mate had hidden in the sail room and who would keep peeping out from behind mounds of canvas. He took no notice of the goat abaft the manger that fixed him with an insulting, devilish, split-pupiled eye and defecated with intent. (laughs) Nor of the dubious object, not unlike a pudding, that someone in the last-minute panic had wedged between the gammoning of the bowsprit. His chief impression was of an old-fashionedness. The Sophie had something archaic about her, as though she would rather have her bottom hobnailed than coppered. (laughs) Uh, And would rather pay her sides than paint them. (laughs) <laughs> her crew without being at all elderly indeed most of the hands were in their 20s had an old-fashioned look some were wearing petticoat breeches and shoes a rig that had already grown uncommon when he was a midshipman no bigger than little babington they moved about in an uneasy uncons- in an easy unconstrained manner he noticed they seemed decently curious but not the least bloody-minded or resentful or crowded so you see what I mean? <laughs> well, you just described a day here at my library, so I appreciate that. None of those technical terms are described. None of them are explained. The closest yeah. you get at the beginning of every Master and Commander novel, you get a ship yeah. at, at sea in a calm with the pieces, some of the pieces explained, so. but it won't help you. <laughs> the minutia is not explained even in that right. map. You never get any more than that. Absolutely. There are guidebooks. So the terminology of this series, you might have a couple of those in circulation. At your uh, yes, we do. Absolutely. I think we have one on our shelf. Absolutely. I want to stress to readers that you do not need them. And I think they might deflect, deflate your experience a little. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's helpful to you as a reader of this series to be at sea at the beginning. Without a doubt. Well, the prose is lush. I mean, it sounds like... The prose is lovely. A goat defecating with intent. (laughs) That has nothing to do with nautical terms. That is just an author being smart and playful on every page. And that's all throughout the book until the disgraceful last installment, book number 21, that's 20 pages long. Oh. It's a fragment. And the, the pages were almost literally pried out of Patrick O'Brien's dead hands. Oh, my. <laughs> so, so you don't need to worry about that. But all the other books. I cannot believe he let death uh, get in the way of completion. I find that distasteful. <laughs> you have a lot, of, there's a lot of fans out there who would love to continue this. They have got the jargon down pat. But that's the problem 
with those guidebooks is that they will encourage you to be a pedant. And we don't want that that at all. Far better to just pick this up and lose yourself in it. I guarantee you, Steve Donahue guarantee. (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee you that by the halfway point of this book, you will not find the terminology off-putting at all. There is a great, great moment before the halfway point of this book, long before it. There's a great moment. Stephen Matron is on his maiden voyage with the Sophie. He has no sea legs. He has no idea what he's looking at. Jack Aubrey is proudly showing him the sweep of the, the little flotilla that he is that he is guarding. When Stephen Matron innocently says to Jack Aubrey, now that ship over there coming in at an angle and seeming to cut out one of the vessels in our convoy, is that natural? And Jack's <laughs> returns and sees that an enemy ship has come up on his convoy <laughs> while he was busy uh, talking to Stephen Matron. And suddenly all the guns are out and everyone's running all around. That scene is marvelous. That is wonderful. It matter if you know the terminology at all. <laughs> it's marvelous. What's nice is that's precisely how I would respond too. I would say... That seems like a problem with that cannon point. To, is there true? Yeah. <laughs> We're also analytic, aren't we? Oh, my goodness. Wonderful. The book of the day is a wholehearted recommendation. Wonderful. Wonderful. It looks like if we, you know, it would make a wonderful um, book group, discussion group to do all 21 books over a period of 21 months. That would be wonderful. Plenty to talk about, I'm sure. So I, uh, it's very exciting. I, I, it's, it's always been on my radar and I've never, uh, taken the plunge, so to speak. And, uh, I am convinced. I, I, I want to uh, jump into these right away. So thank you. Thank you again. Very exciting. And as always, if not, if one happens to be checked out here, we have 33 libraries who I'm sure can, uh, uh, fill that hold for you. So, uh, jump on in. 33 libraries and they're all mine. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> now that I've been promoted to captain. <laughs> yeah. We're we're easy, yeah. <laughs> to give it to him. <laughs> it's fine. Uh briefly, uh there is a movie. Is it is it horrendous? No, no. It's well done. Brilliant. Oh really? Wow. Oh good to hear. Brilliant. That's usually not the it's, case. Oh, it is usually not the case. Although I should point out that the old nineteen fifties Captain Hurry Show Hornblower is also right. brilliant. With Gregory okay. okay. But the no no the Master and Commander movie with Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany is amazing. Wonderful, really good. It Excellent. takes bits and pieces from right. different books, but if you haven't seen it, especially you Aubrey and Matron fans out there who are not watching it because you're worried that it will ruin, that it will bastardize or deflate the series, no no. Mm. I went into it as a full blown Aubrey and Matron fan, and I loved it. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm, seems ripe uh, for a Netflix series or something, you know, if done right. I mean, it's, there's enough material there. Uh, the only problem with that is that, of course, it would be done wrong. It would. Uh, well, <laughs> you know. There's got to be someone out there. who. <laughs> anyway, we'll hope for the best. Wonderful recommendation today, Steve. Thank you so much. We're back tomorrow here on Book of the Day. And uh, great. Thank you. <laughs> Who knows where our voyaging will take us tomorrow? Exactly. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll go get some vitamin C. I'm feeling a little scurvy. <laughs> right, take care, everybody. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful episode. That's great. That's wonderful. I uh, <laughs> I found them on our shelves uh, last night because I wasn't sure what our status was, and uh, it's an entire row. <laughs> so uh, the old the old editions too. Mostly there's a couple of paperbacks in there that were uh, looked like some somewhat. Does the library have the ability to lend somebody the movie Master and Commander? 
Oh, heaven, our DVD, our DVD section is well curated. Yes, we have a DVD, Blu-ray. We have, I, I know we have it on DVD. I don't think we have a Blu-ray of that one, which is a shame because I'm sure uh, in full Great. HD it would be uh, lovely to look at. So, so there we are. Uh, I have to ask, I got an invite tonight to go to see an advanced screening of uh, Spielberg's The Fablemans. Have you screened it yet? I have not. Okay, I'm curious. Nope. I, I suspect yeah. it'll be a bit treacly. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good bet <laughs> yeah, but, but no i haven't i haven't seen it i'm still i'm still catching up on okay. all the, the hot stuff from you know the last twitter cycle okay right. i don't even manage to do it because the books are always calling <laughs> oh sure no that's yeah I, you're you're wakanda forever responsible was very entertaining last week <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> it's a very strong reaction. <laughs> with me. The more I think about it, the more angry it makes me. Really, really. Will not be the, that will not be the reaction. Critics that that got you know nice little gift bags. Well, that's will not in their superlatives over it. They'll say that it's the greatest movie that's ever been made. <laughs> got my own Black Panther helmet. I'm so excited. <laughs> that's just maddening. It's Awful. just maddening. Not only, oh, it's just everything about it is just just. Maddening. Did you care for the first? Did you were you okay with the first uh, Black Panther? Okay, so so this is a real abomination this, then, because I mean, I thought if you were just if you know Ryan Coogler was the same director, I believe. So I thought if you had a negative reaction to the first, but uh, boy, he must. Re- so what did he do? Full of hate. It hates so many people. It hates so many things, and it's just daring you. Just. Come, go on, go ahead and say anything here. I'm daring you to say wow. anything because I already hate you. I don't but think the, Stan the Lee has. When it comes out, the worst part is going to be the the Twitter blue check marks who have never held a comic book in their hand, yeah. telling me that it's actually um, pronounced Prince Namor. Oh, <laughs> with a trill on the end. <laughs> is there um, an um, umlaut? <laughs> I mean, it, this is the 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 Atlanteans have always found in Mexico. Uh, I don't know where you've been. Oh my gosh! Okay, interesting. No, I. Uh, if it had just stuck to Wakanda, I loved some Submariner as a kid. That was one of my absolute favorite funny well, books. I have to I'm tell not going to have a good time, am I? <laughs> Once this movie comes out, what you're going to hear is that you never actually did love the song. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be 100% gaslighting. Oh, no. Not that you loved him wrong, but that you never actually loved him at I all. didn't get him, is what you're saying. It didn't, and didn't you realize that? I mean, he's always been like this. Didn't you realize that? I, Oy vey. It's strange that you didn't realize that. Oh. This character that I didn't know about last year. Oh my god! Kind of weird that you didn't notice that. Oh, this is just uh, well, Stan Lee. They, I, I hope they buried him in uh, rotating like a rotisserie, so he can spin in his obvious, grave appropriately. The obvious path for this story, for this movie, Kugler decided not to take. No idea why. The obvious path is to recast the Black Panther. Seems easy, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan as the Black Panther. What? Recast. The character. Just do that. Just recast the character. It's not your character to kill. It's a <laughs> year old character. It's not yours to kill. Recast the character and the big black screen at the beginning should say in loving memory of Chadwick Boseman. Done. <laughs> Done. First reel. In the first reel, oh. you've covered everything. <laughs> I said no. 
No. Oh, I shudder. I shudder. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> well, same we, thing with Indiana Jones 5. Did you go through? That you are not an Indiana Jones fan. Here's did, hoping. Oh, no. Well, I'm not. I mean, I'm not a fanatic, but I'm, I enjoy what they try to do in a you know, cliffhanger serial type of thing. I think that's a the good. Strong gossip is that in Indiana Jones 5, his female assistant uses a mystical artifact to go back in time, she and Indy do, in order to fight Nazis. And in the course of that fighting, Indiana Jones is killed and a time paradox erupts. And when she uses that artifact to go back to the present, she has always been Indiana Jones. Oh, God, they wouldn't dare. And then never <laughs> once Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones. She remembers him fondly, even though he was racist and sexist. Oh. But there never was one. There never actually was one. Oh my lord! Literally removed from existence. Now, I'm hoping that that gossip is not true. May, may the scuttlebutt be just that, and nothing more. Can you imagine? I don't even want to. Oh lord! Well, I can't. I enjoyed our episode, but now I'm going to go away angry. That was not my intent. I'm going off to digest my lunch somehow. All right. We'll be better tomorrow. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Well, have a wonderful day, and uh, we will. Uh, we'll see you same place tomorrow. Alrighty, I'll be on time without any trouble tomorrow. It was perfect today. No, no issues. Thank you. (laughs) Take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.